Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 14th episode of Animalators, curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show we have Greg Gunn. Greg is the creative director for Blind, a multidisciplinary design and animation studio based in Santa Monica. He has worked with some incredible clients, including Nickelodeon, Disney, ESPN, GE, and Microsoft. Uh, last year, Greg undertook a weekly personal project called Mythical Mondays, which became a series of 52 animated creatures, uh, the result of which garnered attention all across the web. Greg also very recently directed an interactive music video for Jeff Buckley's cover of Just Like a Woman, which is one of my favorite pieces so far this year, so I highly recommend you check that out as soon as you can. I learned a ton from this episode, and I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, Greg Gunn, welcome to Animalators. Thanks so much for being willing to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, well, I, I love your work. I love, um, I mean, you, you've, you've done and, and worked in, in so many different styles, and you've got some, some incredible personal work, but now, now you're at Blind, which is a fantastic team doing some, some incredible work. Um, but first, let's kind of start with your story. I'd love to hear uh, kind of how you got into animation and how you um, got into directing. So, so I understand that that... Uh, started first with school. Um, so where did you go to school, uh, and kind of what was your what was your mindset starting out? Okay, let's see. Um, I was gonna start at the beginning and say when I was a kid I watched cartoons. But oh, I, hey, no. everyone just uh, assumes that. So I want to. I'm glad we're <laughs> skipping that part. So did you did you want to be <laughs> did you want to do animation since you were a little kid? No, I just liked watching it. Okay. I had no idea how it was done. But, who who um, didn't? What what were the what was like the go to cartoon? Like what were you waiting for every week? Uh, the, the Simpsons and Ren and Snippy for the most part. Oh. I think those those two, and they're they're fundamentally so different. Yeah, which, which is which is really weird. But I I enjoyed them for for very different reasons. Um, but okay, sorry, I, I digress already. <laughs> First question out of the gate, and I'm like, let's go over here. <laughs> Um, so I, I went to school at Otis College of Art and Design here in Los Angeles, um, and I'm going to date myself. Uh, I, I went there in 2004, graduated in 2006, and at, at the time, uh, I spent most of my time learning um, 3D animation, like Maya and visual effects and things like that. Cool. Um, we were still shooting on mini DV for any old timers out there that remember what the hell that is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and we would kind of scan that in and then, you know, do some like, uh, 3d tracking and get, get the footage and our CG looking good. So, um, but at the time that made a lot of sense, there weren't a lot of people doing that and the technology was kind of new. So we were able to make some short films and put them out. Um, not even on the internet, mind you, because YouTube wasn't a thing yet. Um, we entered them into festivals like ResFest and some other things like that. And interestingly enough, uh, you know, a few weeks before we graduated, um, we received a, uh, not a phone call, uh, an email that asked us, hey, love your work. Do you want to become directors? <laughs> and we, we all just kind of looked at each other like, um, uh, all right, yeah. Who, so Who is this mysterious email from? <laughs> Who is this person? Like, do you want uh, to be a director? 
<laughs> he had no idea what he was doing. Uh, no, he's he's a he's a very good buddy of mine. His name is Darren Foldes. Um, he uh, I believe he's executive producer at Caviar now. Oh, um, but great great guy, and uh, I, I think we we owe a lot to him to really introducing us to the commercial world and um, really kind of throwing us into the flames and um, you know letting us grow. So. It sounds weird, but that's how I became a director. Wow, that's incredible. So I want to get to your directing in a second, but I, but I am curious, and this is a conversation that, that lots of people bring up, you know, should I go to school uh, for something like this? I don't know, do, knowing what you know now as far as, like, the things that you are doing, like, do you feel like there might have been a better way to acquire those skills and acquire those relationships, or is that only possible because you went to school? That's a tough question to to ask and answer. I, I think um, now, if if I were to if I were a aspiring uh, creative person out there right now, just getting into all this, I don't know if I'd go to art school. Um, though there are benefits, and I'll, I'll kind of quickly throw out what what I think, and yeah, you know, we can go from there. But um, at the time when I went to school, there were very many options. Uh, like I said, YouTube wasn't there. You didn't have all these fantastic tutorials. Lynda.com wasn't really a thing. So there was only one way to learn how to do this stuff. And that was meet people who are professionals and have them teach you or lie your way into an internship and try to learn, <laughs> learn stuff firsthand. You know, both, both seem to work for me. Okay. Um, so I, I think at the time I, I really had no choice. And uh, I was very fortunate in that the market wasn't as saturated as it is right now with mm. motion designers and sure. motion graphics animators and things like that. Um, whereas now, I, I think you know, there's a technical component that almost anyone can learn if you know how to Google well enough. Uh, there are so many you know really great resources online where you, you know even in six months you can. Kind of get to where you need to be, not not to necessarily be a professional, but get the job done for a lot of projects. Yeah, um, I, I think where a school really will benefit you is uh, design, design thinking, and uh, meeting people. So when I say design and design thinking, I mean you know the opposite of the technical part, the ability to diagnose a, a brief. And figure out what the what the real problem is, what the underlying design problem is, and how best to solve that. You know, visually, conceptually, all that. That's not something you you can follow a uh, foolproof formula to do to get the right effect. It's it's going to be vastly different for every project that you encounter. Um, and I think that that's something that just comes with a lot of practice, a lot of experience, and you really need a uh, a mentor and and someone to learn from uh, to be able to think like that. And I, I think that that's where the you know resources online and the, the technical parts fall short. So in my opinion, uh, I don't know, you need a little bit of both. But if I were to do it right now, I would probably learn all the technical parts um, online and uh, at the same time, you know, try to find a mentor. And I don't know if that means school or I don't know if that means uh, just trying to find someone who will take you under their wing and, and teach you. So you, you left school and, and went right into directing. Did that, how, how did that transition go? Cause the, I feel like 
did it feel like maybe you skipped a few steps there? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> there were, there was quite a few challenges going from like, oh yeah, we're making some like student projects and like now we got clients and and we're directing stuff. Like, what does this mean? How did that transition transition go? Oh, it was like it was like walking off a cliff, I, I, I guess, in, in a way. A very fun cliff, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Maybe more like bungee um, jumping, I guess. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because that I, I think, although maybe my story is an extreme version of that, the transition of being a, a student into a professional, I, I think is a, a big challenge for, for most people in the creative industry because, you know, as as kind of uh, creative folks and uh, designers and people who want to just make things. When you're in school, you can do whatever you want. There's no real client, there's no budget, there's oftentimes no real hard deadline. So you tend to just kind of do what you want and you don't really think about what the problem is you're trying to solve. Like, what what am I really trying to say? What am I trying to do here? Um, And once you get into the real world, the problems are very clearly defined and so is the deadline and, and so is uh, the budget and things like that, which often affect what you're able to do. So transitioning from student to creative director, huge gap. Um, <laughs> and if, if, I'm, if I'm being totally honest, I, I think, you know, I really didn't learn how to truly become a creative director for, I don't know, at least, at least <laughs> six years. Oh, no. You know, it, it felt uh, honestly, it felt like being in school still. And mm. oftentimes that meant, you know, getting really upset that uh, the client didn't like our design. Oh, I didn't like it. Oh, it's so much cooler than what they want. And, you know, at the end of the day, that cool and your opinion really doesn't matter if it's not satisfying their need. Um, and I, I see that today with a lot of uh, a lot of young designers and animators and uh, interns and, and people that I meet, um, very talented and really great thinkers and makers. Um, but I, I think I think it takes a while before you can really transition into understanding, you know, what what is a good solution versus what what looks cool and and why uh, that's different. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. Um, we're kind of like leaving outside of your story here, but but I am curious. How do you think? What What do you think is the best way to kind of frame projects in in a successful way in that regard? Because I, I think what you're talking about is is very important. Um, because a lot of times we, we get something like, oh, this could be this could be amazing. This could look incredible, and and it's so hard sometimes to, um, I don't know, kind of put your desire to just make something like beautiful and visually compelling aside and like first look at you know what does the client need Uh, I don't know do you have any advice on on framing your projects in in a way that um, you can be successful in this way yeah I I believe that you can it's uh, it's not easy Um, I, I think firstly, and this is something you and I were talking about earlier was the sense of, you know, ego and, and creative control over a project. Um, I, I think that the first step to that is understanding how to listen. So when you're on a, on a call with a client or you're reading a brief, um, you know, resist the urge to project 
what you think it, it should be onto it yeah. and look at it for what it is and, and really listen to what your client is telling you. If you do that and, and you ask the right questions or if you don't understand something um, and have them you know, explain it again, uh, a, favorite, a favorite of mine is if someone says something and I, I don't quite follow, I'll, I'll ask them, I'll say, you know, I, I'm having trouble following you. Can, you. can you say that again a different way? Hmm. That'll get people to really think about what they're telling you and, and make sure that, it, that it's clear. Um, so I, I believe that if you really pay attention, you tune everything else out, you, you really listen, your client will tell you everything that they want. And usually it has nothing to do with the look of it or, or yeah. the style or anything like that. That's why they're hiring you in, in theory. All they have is a problem that they need solved. And uh, I, I think as a creative director at least, and designer, I, I think any, anyone working on, on a project like that, it, it's, it's your job to understand what that problem is as clearly as possible and think about ways to solve it that, that works for them and not, you know, not give them a lasagna when they wanted a hamburger. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's so funny. I, I'm like, I feel like I struggle with this all the time. I, and I think a, a big part of what you're saying is almost a little bit of patience too, because like, I, I feel like, you know, you get in that client phone call and they they start talking and all of a sudden like these, this massive flow of ideas like starts running and, and you're just like, oh, well this, this would be great. And then all of a sudden you've convinced yourself of an idea and no longer listening to what the client is saying. And then yeah, I feel like that's just not helpful, and so thank you for that. I think I think that's great advice. That's that that's exactly right, and I, I think you know don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> resist that that urge, and we all like I feel that every single day. Yeah, we 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 all do, and and then you know when if so here's an example if you know that happens, uh, and then you put together your pitch and your treatment to try to win the job, and you don't get it. And then we're all surprised. We're like, but that, that was such a cool idea. Yeah. Well, that doesn't matter if, if that's not at all what they're, what they're asking for. So I think even from the very first call, it's, it's really important to, to listen and pay attention. And um, I, I believe it will, it will pay off. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's tough, too, because like you, as soon as you get something, as soon as you let like an idea fester in your mind, I feel like it's, it's infinitely harder to start imagining other things. And like if you're wrong and you mess that up like right at the beginning, I feel like you, you like handicap yourself in the worst way. That's right. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. You, you fall in love with your own idea. Yeah. So let, let, let's jump back into your story a little bit. So when you, you got this, to me, it seems like this magical phone call, like, do you want to be a director? <laughs> um, what was your next step? I mean, what we, at that point, we had a few short films we had made. So that became our reel. Nice. That became our directing reel. We, we set up a website. And uh, basically, we, we, had a, we had a rep. We, we had representation. And they took you know, the few projects that we had. No one knew that they were student projects. And put them out into the world and said, hey, hire these guys. Look what they can do. And uh, at the time, there, there was a need for, for the type of thing that, that we were doing. So we, we were able to uh, really take on some fun and, and challenging work. And, you know, oftentimes in commercials, you try to win work, um, but people don't want to see more commercial work to give you commercial work. They want to see that you're doing new and different and interesting things. Hmm. 
you know. Um, so if uh, it's it's really it's a it's a strange thing. So let's say you're pitching for a a phone commercial, you know, they don't want to see a bunch of other phone commercials that you've done. They want to see some other cool abstract, three D crazy thing and be like, oh, that's the idea for this phone commercial that we can do. Um, but then at the same time, they're like, you know, I don't know. They don't have any phone commercials on the reel. So <laughs> maybe, maybe they're not the best choice. So it's, it's a weird balance, but I, I think, I think at the time, um, you know, we were doing interesting work and, uh, people, people took notice with, you know, a major help being our, our reps kind of pushing it out there. And, and that's really what, uh, kickstarted the whole, uh, word directing collective idea. Yeah, let's pause on that for a second. So have you then taken time to make personal projects? Like, do you make a point of that? You know, if if, if that's the way that you, you feel like you're able to get work and and kind of draw people to yourself and, and your directing style and your, and your animation style, um, I don't know, is that like an active part of the way you kind of structure your career? You know, I I haven't really thought about that. I, I just said that. I realized <laughs> I realized that, and I'm like, huh, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. No, I I, I think you, it, it has to be. Yeah. You know, um, I'm I'm a firm believer in if if you if you say you are something for long enough, um, not only will you start to believe it, but others will start to believe it. So. At some point, I remember looking at my work and being like, man, I'm, I have all kinds of stuff, but I really love animation. That's what I want to do. And so I told myself, I, I'm an animator now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a designer. I'm an animator. That's what I want to do. Live action is cool. I don't necessarily need to do it. And then I just changed you know, the, the lens in which um, I, I framed my work and myself and how I spoke. And that's that's it. You know, And I, I committed to that. So... I think understanding the way I think about that and how, how I present myself, and this goes for anyone, how you put yourself out there, um, what you believe in and what is you know on social media and on your website and, and what you tell the world might be two different things, but it's a lot easier if they're the same. And I think that ultimately will influence what you do. So I, I really enjoy doing personal projects. Um, work is amazingly satisfying like what, what I do uh, especially at blind and uh, working with the people there I, I would not want to work anywhere else that it, it, it's such a great environment um, but I always want to push myself and I always want to try different things so I, I enjoy doing you know at least one personal project a year wh- whatever it is uh, you know last year was this mythical Mondays idea which was yeah, a lot of fun very cool very cool. Um, Anybody out there listening who hasn't seen Mythical Mondays, pause for a second. Go watch it. It's it's incredible. Um, but yeah, for, for those who haven't seen it, tell us a little bit about that project. Sure, yeah. I, uh, I'm i not sure where the idea came from, but um, I somehow got this idea in my head that um, I wanted to do one animation a week for a year, so 52 animations. And I wanted it to be just a little uncomfortable, like a little more work than I was used to doing and maybe than I wanted to do, you know, so it would, it would, it would push me. Uh, because I often feel that unless you're uncomfortable and a little worried about if you can pull this off or not, you're not going to grow. You know, it's, Mm. it's, 
Yeah. It's like weightlifting, you know, it's like you don't want to just like pick up the, the 12s and be like, no problem. You want to <laughs> you want to pick up like the 20s and be like, oh, I can barely do six. <laughs> like, you'll see you'll see difference, you know, like yeah. things will happen over time. So I think the same applies to uh, creative weightlifting. What was the stretch point in in this project? Uh, <laughs> I think the uh, the tenacity to finish. Really? Just just doing it all. Yeah, mm. because um it, at first, like with any new project, it's very exciting and you have all these plans and you're great and you're like, woohoo, it's going to be the best. <laughs> and then, you know, once you're seven weeks in, you're just like, Jesus, I don't want to do this <laughs> what anymore. What did I do? Why did I yeah. say do this? Yeah. I think at, at some point I was, I was five weeks ahead of schedule. Oh, wow. And then... I just hated it and I didn't want to do it. And then I got all the way back to like, okay, it's Monday at 3 PM and I still don't have an idea. What do I do? Oh my gosh. And I, I bounced back and forth between that. So I, I think that's, those are the challenges with, with that, that type of thing. Yeah. And you know, life interferes too. You know, you have uh, girlfriends and, and dogs and you know, late nights at work and real life. So yeah. you have to factor all that in too. Yeah, well, especially, I mean, you you have a full-time job now at, at Blind, which I'm sure is often more than a full-time job, too. Do you find that it's, I mean, especially challenging to fit in personal projects? Um, no, <laughs> not, not really. I, I think, you know, we, we, all, we, all have, we all have time. We just, you know, fill it in different ways. Yeah. So uh, a personal project like, like that where, if, you know, let's say it's four hours out of the week, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're in it, you're like, man, you know, I would really rather play Destiny or I'd really rather <laughs> go grab a beer with a friend or something, you know. And Do you play Destiny? Um, I, I, I recently just started. I've had it for about a year, but I, I just started getting into it. And ah, it's nice. a fantastic game. I, I played it for a while. All, all the guys at, at our office played it for a little while. And once it came out with the new update, man, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't keep up. I had to put it away. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about that. <laughs> I'm like a level 13, and I still don't know what I'm doing. So I have a long way to go. I I just picked up the division, so that's that's my new. I don't know. Oh, that's the Tom Clancy one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Clare did the, the like the ad for it, like the first ad, and ever since then I was like, I'm getting this game. He <laughs> he sold it for me, but uh, we digress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, yeah, some other time. Oh. Um, Mythical Mondays, yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I think, you know, in terms of squeezing in a, a personal project amongst a full-time job and full-time life, you know, um, we all have the time and, and it's up to you how, how you spend it. So for that year, I, I just committed to setting aside the time. And I, I also found that um, fear and shame are very strong motivators. <laughs> so I, I kind of held myself hostage in that I, I told everyone what I was doing and I, I blasted it out online. So every Monday, you know, when, when Monday came around, I was like, shoot, okay, I don't have anything. I, I have to do something. If I don't, I'm a liar. I'm a failure. I've let people down. Who am I to even speak again about creative business? Like this is nonsense. So uh, that seemed to work for me. That's and great. I, I get the feeling it'll work for most other people too. That's such a scary thing though. Like I've told so many people about like, so many projects that I was definitely going to do and then just never, never did. And it feels so terrible, but it is such a great, <laughs> it is such a great motivator. 
Yes. You you guys ever watched Nathan for you? No. On Comedy Central, it's the most cringeworthy, uh, amazingly awkward show. But uh, there's this episode which I think this is an extreme version of maybe something you could try. Um, there, he meets people and uh, they they want to accomplish goals, but they just can't commit to it, or they they have a trouble with it. Let's say you're trying to lose ten pounds in you know uh, a couple months. So what he does is have them take a picture of themselves or find some other picture, write a letter or something that is incriminating. And he has it um, stamped and addressed to, you know, their mom or their boss or something. And he holds on to that envelope and he has these check-in points and he's like, okay, you come back in two months. If you haven't <laughs> lost 10 pounds, this letter's going in the mail, you know? So uh, it's very extreme, but if that's what it takes, yeah. that's what it takes. You should start a service. Charge like ten dollars, <laughs> get people to sign up. It's brilliant, oh, man. So so much so much horrible work in, in that. But yeah. uh, I, I think it's much better if you put that pressure on yourself because I I really believe anyone can do anything that that they want to do with that, especially with the personal project. It's just like anything else. Like treat it like school. Show up or you fail. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. So right out of the gate, you're you're getting. You know, people are coming to you, like asking you to pitch, directing. Uh, I'm curious, did you start a studio then with a few friends from school? Yeah, so the way it worked is uh, I'd been making shorts with a couple buddies from school. And we were approached by a production company that said, want to direct. So we did that. And we all wanted to work together. Like we didn't want to be separate directors. So we wanted to work as a team. So we uh, formed a studio under the name Three-Legged Legs and functioned as a directing collective. So... We would field calls and work on pitches and run jobs as as one unit, just kind of this um, brain on, under our studio name. And that's really how we worked for six years. And it was kind of funny because it was just us three. Yeah. And the production company we're at was all live action. They didn't do any animation. So we really kind of worked in a vacuum for, for six years. It was, it was like being homeschooled. You know, you're just like, what's the outside world like? <laughs> What do creative people do? I don't know. This is what we know. So after that, um, you know, when I came to blind, I'm like, oh, wow, we were doing it wrong for a long time. This is, <laughs> this is so much better. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious, did you, do you feel like you learned something or maybe you have like a fresh perspective since you um, maybe weren't in a traditional setting for all that time, especially during like your formative years of, of becoming a director? I, I like to think so, you know, um, during that time, we were very critical with the type of projects that, that we took on. So we tried not to do anything that wasn't interesting, which, uh, you know, uh, back then you could do. There was enough work to do that. And now it's a, a little different. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, calling back to what we were talking about earlier, if anything, what I learned how to do is do it wrong. Um, not that I would change anything because I'm very proud of all the work that we did and what we were able to accomplish. Um, but it was more like a continuation of art school. It, it wasn't really running a, a business or learning how to, uh, work with clients and, and, and help people, you know? So, um, it, it's, it's very different what, what I do now versus what I, I look at, uh, was happening then, but I, I, th I think it's cool. And I think it helps to understand both sides. So after uh, six years, I think you said, you transitioned to becoming a full-time 
creative director at, at Blind. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, that that transition and, and maybe how your your role changed a little bit between Three-Legged Legs and Blind? Sure, yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the biggest difference is Three-Legged Legs was like school and we were working with buddies and all we had to worry about was, was ourselves and if we didn't want to make money for the month, we were like, screw it, who cares? <laughs> I don't want to do that job anyways. Yeah. And transitioning to Blind, um, you know, I, I, I know Chris Doe, the, the owner of Blind. I've, I've known him for a long time. Um, he's a, a very wise man and uh, he, he's essentially been, been my mentor for, for quite some time. Very cool. So coming to Blind was also like going back to school, but it, it was time to be humbled again. It was time to, <laughs> it was time to learn uh, again, you know, like, okay, nice try kid, but like, let's, let's do it this way. Let's, let's try this out. So, um, though I've been there for five years, I, I feel like every day is a different learning experience. And, uh, and I, I really mean that in that there's, there's a different problem to solve every day with a new project. And it makes me think beyond just me and, and my own needs, you know, it's like, what, what is, what will help our client? What will further the studio? And, you know, what will keep everyone employed and keep the lights on, you know, like maybe I don't love this job, but there's something interesting I can find that I can learn from it. And it's 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 about more than just fueling my creative ego. In fact, that's probably the least important thing in, in this whole you know plan. So I, I'm curious, what does that look like then kind of day to day now at, at Blind? Do you spend most of your time... Um you know, pitching on projects? Are you kind of, uh, you know, neck deep in production often? Um, do you have a lot of projects going on it on at once? What what does kind of the a day in a life, if you will, of Greg Gunn these days? Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I I enjoy waking up early. I'm uh, into my 30s, so getting up early is like a really really fun thing to do now. What's early? I'm curious. Early is early is seven a.m. for me. Nice. Yeah, that's when my wife um, gets up. <laughs> right, so you're up at seven a.m. Then, um, I, I also have a dog, so that's like okay. I'll, I'll feel bad if I don't like get up and <laughs> walk the dog. Um, so I, you know, I function best in the morning. So my brain is on fire in the morning. That's when I do my clearest thinking. Yeah. And, and what I like to do is write down uh, goals for the day. So what do I need to accomplish today? Um, and that includes, you know, okay, what do I need from each team member? What, what, do, we, what do we need to get done? Um, what's most important? Prioritize all that stuff. So by the time I get to work, uh, it's, it's just really like going down the list for, for the whole day. And then if somehow I have free time, awesome. I can I can do something. I can I can jump into production and help out, um, or I can do something else. But most of the time, it's um, you know trying to trying to manage what's happening and, and make sure everyone's staying on track, and um, that ideas are clear. And it also depends where we're at in a project. So if we're working on a pitch or a project just started, there's a lot of critical thinking that happens up front. And that's where I have the most fun is uh, in the ideation process and planning the story and trying to figure out how to tell that. And at a certain point, you know, you can kind of hand that off to your team and be like, all right, gang, you, you know what to do. Like, here's the plan. I trust you. Go for it. I'll, I'll check in if, if you need me to, but 
this is it. Very cool. I'm curious. Do you do you get? You, you said sometimes you might jump in and help out with with production. Do you do you get a chance to jump in and, and do some design and, and animation? I do sometimes. Yeah, it, it, it depends on on the, what the project is. Uh, typically, I'm I'm doing you know I'm I'm helping with storyboards and and writing and, and things like that for the beginning of the project. But um, if it has anything to do with character animation, I want to I want to get in there. Yeah. Because that's ultimately just what I, what I I really enjoy and love. Very cool. Um, and I think most people I work with are far better talented than I am at doing that kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I try to get in whenever I can. Um, I recently wrapped up a project that I'm hoping by the time this podcast launches will, will be out there. Cool. Um, but it's an interactive uh, animated video for Jeff Buckley. And I'm not sure if anyone is familiar with Jeff Buckley, but he was a musician that was really popular in, in the 90s and, and, and passed away a while ago. But they found all this unreleased music of his and uh, are putting it out there. And uh, anyways, he does this really beautiful cover of a Bob Dylan song. And so we made this, this oh, I think is really interesting um, uh, animated video for it. And it's not like a choose your own adventure. It's a little deeper than that. So mm. it's kind of a mix between like a website and, and a video. Very cool. Um, without giving too much away. Yeah, I'm excited to, to get in there and interact, if you will. Is it like, uh, I'm, I'm curious, what's it, if, if you can't or don't want to give anything away, what's it based on? Is it like um, like, like Unity or something? The idea for it is about being able to control how characters feel at any point. So, ah. um, wow. so basi- basically you're watching this story and it, it's a 24-hour cycle of, of uh, a slice of life of a couple. So uh, this guy and girl and they're going through their day. They wake up in the morning, they go and get coffee, they walk through the park, they go to the market, they go out at night dancing, and then they come home. And we follow them through the cycle. And there are certain moments, and the way it's framed will will make a lot more sense, but there are certain moments um, throughout the story that you can click or or tap and and change. And basically you you can control how the characters feel at any given point based on if they're together and happy if they're together and unhappy, like on the verge of a breakup, or if it's uh, the lady alone or the guy alone. So, for instance, you're uh, you're riding the bus. So, a happy couple, they're like, you know, head on shoulders, both looking at one like iPhone, watching a video together, sharing headphones. They're unhappy. It's the same exact shot, but they're facing away from each other on their phones. Hmm. Or if you're alone, it's it's just you there, and uh, the color is different, and everything changes wow. on that. This sounds intense. It's a. Uh, it, it sounds really complicated. It's. It's not. It, it's. <laughs> it's much easier if you. Uh, if you actually interact with the video. But. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see it. That's yeah, very, very I, interesting. I don't know if it's how it's going to work, but I, I hope people <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. Something different. I, I will promise you that. Cool. So I mean, y- you have worked in in quite a few different styles. I mean, you just said that you're you're working on something that's that's interactive. Um, I'm curious how do you how do you keep things fresh? How do you um, is there anything specific maybe that you're learning right now um, that because I feel like a lot of times our ideas right are are a product of of what we can imagine, and I think a lot of times what we can imagine is, is tied to like what we know how to do, or at least what we know how. Um, 
like what we know our team can do. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, is there any way that you, do, do you find yourself actively like seeking out new skills or, or new styles um, to kind of add to your toolbox, if you will? Yeah, I, I think, you know, that that's a really good question. That's That, that brings up um, an interesting topic. I think, you know, uh, style versus substance. Mm. And um, for me, I, I think what what's more interesting is sharpening my, my thinking and, and uh, my ideation process and understanding that process. I, I think that, you know, technical skill is really important. Um, and not that I understand my limitations, but I, there's no way I will have the time to, to keep up with um, everyone that I work with because I, I look around, I'm like, man, these, these people are amazing. At what they, like, I can't do what they do, or maybe I could, but it would take me, you know, 10 times as long. Um, so what I focus on a, a lot is, is trying to dissect my own process and figure out how can I make it better? How can I make it more efficient? Um, and how can I make it work better for, for what I need? So that, that's really what I spend a, a lot of my time um, trying to understand. And man, I just totally lost my train of thought. No, um, like I, I think that's <laughs> great. I think that's, um, I don't. I think that's that's a core of. I mean, everything you've been saying as far as like what you do and what your role as a creative director is. But it is a is is substantially more abstract, right? Like like let's say you know this year I want to become. Um, you know, I, I want to learn a coding language. Like, I, I want to be better at writing scripts and expressions, or or that sort of thing. Or like, I want to learn cell animation. Like, those things are are very um, tangible, right? Like, I, I can go out there and and I can, you know, do some tutorials or things like that. But but what you're talking about, there's no there's no tutorials on like how to think better. So like, I'm curious, right. are there, are there any? I don't know. How do you do that? Like, because I think that's something that we we all want to do. We we all want to learn how to make better ideas like do you i don't know where do, where do you get started like what does that look like that's that's a really great question i i'm not sure i have <laughs> i have a great answer for it but um i think more than anything it's practice and going back to what we were talking about earlier is resisting the urge to just resisting the urge to just make something because you think you should make something um I, I think I think perhaps that's that's a misstep, um, but if if you take the time and you really think through things, um, ultimately it, I believe it'll lead you to a, a better idea, a better place. And a lot of times that's understanding limitations of a project. Um, I I forget where I heard this quote, so if someone recognizes it, please <laughs> remind me. Um, but it, it goes something along the lines of, "Your style is what you can't do." Hmm. And I, I, I love that. I, I think I think that's that's such a great way to think about, you know, skill and and ideas, um, because technical skill and all that stuff. That's really that's really not what it's about. It's it's about the the thinking and the uh, and the process behind. You know, what what is the idea and coming up with that. And we all know that your first idea is terrible. Your second and third ideas are usually worse. <laughs> the fourth idea is pretty shitty. And then maybe, you know, once you hit idea 10 or 11, you're getting somewhere interesting. So what I, you know, other than sharpening my creative thinking, I, I like to draw. So I, I feel like 
if you can draw, you can better communicate your ideas. And I, I think as a, a, a designer or an animator or a creative director, um, the clearer you can communicate your ideas to another person, um, ultimately the, the better off the, the, the project will be. And that, that is the, the toughest part because we all see something in our mind's eye. We can imagine this beautiful project. It's like, oh, it's, it's this over here. And it's like, whoosh, that. But <laughs> if you can't communicate that, you know, like you can't hardline into your brain with another person, it's really difficult to, to get that idea out on paper. And I think everyone has amazing ideas. It's just a, a, a translation problem. So I, I like to think about, you know, drawing and writing and the more I, and, and better I can do of uh, both of those, the more likely it is that I'll be able to communicate my ideas and maybe something cool and interesting will, will come out of that. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. At all. Oh, no, it makes, it makes a ton of sense. You're like, yeah, no, I, I, that's super applicable to me personally. And, and I think, I think that that can be the biggest challenge i mean just in general of like any kind of creative work is just you know getting as close as possible to explaining and executing kind of what's in what's in your mind um because the mind is a wild and magical place and comes up with all kinds of crazy things and then <laughs> you have to figure out how to put it into words and it sometimes is very very challenging um earlier you kind of spoke to your process is your process something um that is pretty like well defined at this point um because I, I feel like or, or do you feel like there is like a process that you have, have created that works for you or is it maybe a bit more universal hmm i i think uh well okay my, my answer will change six months from now and i'll, I'll tell you <laughs> why so i I have a process right now, and it's it's one that I've I've honed and, and tried to sharpen as much as I can, and I, I think it it works for the most part for a a, a certain type of, of project. And what I'm starting to realize is that I want to do different projects. I, I don't want to just do the the same thing. Um, so when these weird and unusual and unfamiliar projects come my way, I, I try to incorporate my process and it breaks. It, it doesn't work. So what I'm doing now is kind of rethinking my process and, and taking what I know and figuring out how to, you know, maybe branch it out a little more so, so I can do some new and different things. Um, for instance, that interactive video, you know, I could take parts of my process, but there's some other stuff that it, it, I got frustrated and, and it just wasn't working. And I, I need to look at that and, and understand why. Hmm. Um, and so this is, uh, this is going to sound like a plug, but it's more like an invitation to an experiment. <laughs> um, so I, I have a blog, but the articles are kind of long and they take, take too much time to write and go through and stuff. So what, I've, what I'm doing, and I really emphasize the word experiment, is starting a kind of um, newsletter-ish type of email blog. Um, where there are going to be short bursts of information. And most of it will be me studying my process and sharing it with people. Very cool. As I, as I probably will fail here and there and maybe <laughs> hopefully make some interesting discoveries along the way. Um, but it's called TLDR, which is too long, didn't read. And 
Yeah, it's well. We'll see what happens. I I, I literally just put it out last night. It's, it's oh, wow. on my website. Very cool. And um, uh, I, I hope to start getting articles out there in the next month or two. Um, if you want to come along for the ride and you know see how this experiment goes, uh, one way or the other, uh, everyone is welcome to to join and check it out. And I, I also want to. Um, really listen to what people are interested in, in knowing. Um, be, because I was thinking the other day, you know, I've, I've been doing this for a decade. I, I feel like I know a few things. I don't know how to share this with people, but I want to do that. What, what is the best way for me to do that? So um, there's a little survey in there that will ask you, what are you interested in? What do you want to know? Um, so what I want to do is try to, you know, harness whatever ideas and information I have study it and then share with those who are interested. So that's, that's my experiment right yeah. now. That's, that's like what's next for me. And I yeah, know I like, this may not go anywhere, but that's nonetheless, I, I think, I think it'll be fun. And, um, you know, if anything, it'll be entertaining to watch me crash and burn. So <laughs> maybe check it out. Well, I, there it is. Everyone who's listening has homework now. Go, <laughs> go to Greg Greg Gunn's website and click on the TLDR link. Your your Greg's website is g g u n n dot com. Is that correct, Greg? Yep. And yeah, TLDR. It's right there at the top. Um, well, I'm excited for that. That sounds great. So, is, you think it's going to be mostly focused on um, your kind of ideation process? That's what I like to focus it on. Um, but I, I really also want to hear feedback from other people about what's interesting, what sucks, what, what I should be doing. So I'm, I'm open. It's, it's going to start there with me, you know, um, digging into my process a little bit and, and opening up about it. Um, but maybe who knows where it will go. Yeah. So speaking, I mean, is that, is that a big part of like kind of what you see for like the future of your career? Do you have any, um, I don't know, like what, what do you see as like the next step in, in your career? Is it just kind of uh, just maybe producing better work, teaching more? What's next? Oh, you, you hit on an interesting topic, teaching. That, that's something I'm, I'm really interested in. Um, kind of the, the intersection of uh, design and uh, education and not in a traditional sense, um, you know, like art school and man, way to like bring it all back together. <laughs> well done, Zach. Um, but I, I, I think, yeah, at, at some point, you know, you get, you reach this, you reach this place and you're like, man, I, you know, like I said, I, I feel like I have knowledge and I, I really want to share it with people um, because I think that's the best way to learn too is, is mm. to teach. So more than anything, if I can share my process and teach people my process and, um, help them. I, I think that, you know, I hope that people will ask questions and point out flaws and, and poke holes in my process. So, you know, I'll have a better understanding of it and then I will change and then be able to share that version of it with people. So I, I foresee things like that in, in my future. And I, I'd really like to do that. I'm not quite sure what the format is and maybe TLDR is just, you know, the beginning of that, like a little, like dipping my toe into it. Um, but absolutely, sharing sharing the process and um, uh, giving back and, and, and trying to think about what else I, I can do. Um, I love to create great work. I think creating great work is paramount, you know, and that's what gives me the most satisfaction. Um, but what's even more interesting is, you know, understanding how to create great work. 
And if I can help other people create great work, and while I, you know, try to help myself too, I, I think that that benefits everybody. And, you know, we all have a lot to learn and, and gain from that. So I know that's a really big, vague, weird answer, but that's <laughs> about what I know right now uh, and, and what I'm thinking in the moment. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of see where that goes and I'm excited to learn. So, um, well, Greg, thanks so much for coming on the show. We, we try to end each episode with a few of the same questions. Uh, so the first is, who is your dream client? My dream client. Or, or a few, maybe. A few. Okay. Hmm. Because you, you have worked with a pretty uh, in, incredible list of people. So maybe you've just worked with all of them already. <laughs> uh, I've worked with some amazing people. I've been very fortunate in, in that regard. Um, there's, yeah, there, there's still uh, still a few out there. I, I, okay, so two things come to mind right now. Um, one is I, I would love um, to work with some type of, I don't know if community outreach is, is the word, but a, a nonprofit type of thing. So in other words, cr- help create a video for something that, that will, at the end of the day, tangibly help people, hmm. not help someone sell something to people, but really tangibly help a- another human being in, in some way or another. Cool. Um, and I, I love that's open intentionally. And the other thing is a much more selfish answer, but um, I've, I've been a, a lifelong fan of metal, uh, metalhead, if you will. And there's a, there's this band called ghost, uh, or ghost BC if, if you're in the, the U S um, and they're amazing and they, they're like contemporary black Sabbath. They're, they're so much fun. Uh, so I would love to work with them, uh, either doing a video or doing something, something visual with them. So nice. if anyone knows Ghost and is listening. Oh yeah, Ghost is a big fan of the show. No, that's not true. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> they are. <laughs> All right, next question on the list. What is your favorite animated film? Man, okay, if I don't think about it, Spirited Away. Oh, okay, um, yes. Because there is nothing that can hold a candle <laughs> to that. It's, it's unbelievably well done in the world and everything. I mean, if you don't know what Spirited Away is, then just go watch it. I'm not going to try to explain it. And if you do, then I don't need to explain it. You, you know what I'm talking about. I'm curious. Do you, do you feel like you find a lot of inspiration from films? Um, you know, nowadays, not so much. I, I watch more TV than than anything because I, I think um, a lot of uh, at least serialized mm. um, shows are, are doing much more interesting things. And sure. You get into deeper character development and, you know, you can go down different roads. Yeah. Um, Any favorites come to mind? Oh, man, let's see. I'm like, uh, do, you, do you watch House of Cards? I'm like right in the middle of Oh, that right. Yeah, right that's the, the new season. You know, I'm, I'm two seasons behind on that. Oh, and I man. Know you got to catch up, man. Sounds. It's worth it. Yeah. Uh, what, what have I been watching lately? I, I really enjoyed uh, Daredevil on Netflix, which yeah. I expected to hate. Yeah. But, man, that show is great. Um, up until so that, I, I up until that point, that. I did not think that a superhero television show would ever work. Right? Because the movies are hit or miss, but they, at least they have the production quality. And you're like, how do they, how will they do that for a show? But yeah. I, it's great. It's very grounded. It's it's very cool. Uh, I like that. Um, you know what film I'm looking forward to seeing though is The Witch. 
I, I have not seen it oh yet. Oh my gosh, I've heard dude. Very little about it, but <laughs> I feel like that's my jam and I just don't know it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That that is probably one of the scariest trailers I've ever seen for anything. I thought it was yes. very impressive. But yeah. But I'm not a big horror horror guy, so I I probably and, will not see it. To be you honest. know, neither am I, but it, it just looks it looks so real and, and raw and I, I don't know what could happen, so <laughs> I, that makes me want to see it more than anything. Yeah, like the the they do like those bylines, and it's like this film is like the most painful film I've ever seen. Like I can't believe <laughs> I put myself through this. I'm like this. Why? How is this the quote for your movie? Anyways, all right. Next question. <laughs> what What do the people you love think that you do for a living? So maybe parents, grandparents, girlfriend. I I think. Um, you know, I, I really don't think they have any idea. I'm thinking about my parents right now. And I, I know my dad is absolutely clueless. He, he's like, so computers, right? So. <laughs> and my mom, I think, has a better understanding. Um, but I'll just tell her projects I'm working on, like client names. Yeah. And she'll just assume I work on the show or something now or yeah. that, like, I, I work at Pepsi or, or something <laughs> like that. You know, so... Um, our poor they, parents like talking to their friends like so what does your son do it's like well he like kind of works at pepsi maybe <laughs> once upon a time we developed a show for nickelodeon and uh, you know nothing really came of it but uh one of the guys we were working with on it told his dad hey we're you know working on making a show with nick and his dad told everyone in his family and all his oh, friends no. my son has a hit show on nickelodeon <laughs> now isn't that great <laughs> And I, I just Jump thought that was the, the funniest thing because that's yeah. that's such a uh, a parent of you know um, someone in the industry and just not not getting it you know yeah but how could they how do you really explain I know it you? yeah you know it's like it's just completely foreign yeah all right last question what animal did you choose for your animalator and why oh man the the toughest question is always the last one <laughs> um. I chose the fox as my animalator, uh, uh, I, I guess, icon. And I, I'll be totally honest here. I didn't know what to do, so I took an animal quiz online, the no first way. one that I found. <laughs> and it came up as fox. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I really like foxes. But for good measure, I thought, you know what, I'll do one more just to make sure this wasn't some <laughs> random fluke. So I did it again, and I got fox again. So wow, um, two separate quizzes or the same quiz? Two separate ones. Wow, that's amazing. So, despite my efforts to just kind of hack the the question, <laughs> I, I ended up learning something about myself. Yeah, my spirit animal is a fox. Um, but I, I think you know, as I started to research uh, fox, some traits came to to light that I, I think work. And I'm literally reading a website right now that's written in Comic Sans, wow. and it's saying they are autonomous. Generous, creative, and procrastinate, and I I like to think at least I'm most of those things. So there's there's some you know uh, some overlap there. So I may indeed uh, be a fox uh, from a previous life. Who knows? Fascinating. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on the show, Greg. We uh, yeah, I, I had a great great time. I, I learned a lot. So thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Animalators is part of the Gradient Podcast Network and created in collaboration between Identity Visuals and Gradient. 
To learn more about the work we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out identityvisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. And don't forget to go check out the brand new, just launched website from Gradient, gradient.is. You can also find them on Facebook or follow them on Twitter at gradient.is. That's gradient, D-O-T-I-S. And you can follow us on Twitter at Animalators. Animalators.com is another great website you should check out because there you can see Greg's Animalator and all the other incredible Animalators from previous guests who have been on our podcast. The theme music to the show was written and produced by Cody Fry. Check out more of his work at CodyFry.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, or you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play, YouTube, really anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And if you're into this podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review or drop us a note. We always love getting your feedback. And when you leave us a review on iTunes, it helps other animators find this podcast too. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to be back in a couple weeks for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. Animation.